Welcome back to the Compound Podcast. This is episode 124. 124 or 5? 125 for the Compound Podcast. It's by Parse Rum. Uh, I love Parse. You love Parse. Maybe Dakota put Parse in his coffee. Just kidding. He's got a game tonight. That's, I, I did not. I did not. <laughs> Usually... Oh, Athletic Greens. Uh, I No free ads. No free ads. I they are not paying for an ad this week. Um, usually we're recording post-game. Usually we got some zombies after a long nine innings in the show or a quick nine innings if you're not in the show because oh. apparently they're flying. <laughs> How about this, though? Sunday, you talk about quick games. We had a 13 to 12 game. It took three hours and 50 minutes on a getaway day. Three hours and 50 minutes. That's going to mess up their skew. I saw that and I was like, please don't tell me Dakota threw in that game. Please. I, it got to the point where I was like, you know, I'm good. Like, I, I, I'll, tell, I'll take another day. You know what? Let me. It's all right. Somebody else can throw. No, I did not. I did not. I, they tweeted it and I was like, oh, no, please. No, <laughs> no I was I was not a part of it. So, back to what I was saying. Sorry. We are doing a morning recording. We all have our coffee. Some of us have green stuff that we won't talk about unless they're paying. Oh, and coffee. Double. A lot of liquid going on over there. Uh, we, got some, we got some things to get into. Um, I am in Toronto. Hey. We all on um, the road. Or is Zach at home? No, I'm home. Zach's home. Dakota's in Columbus. Correct. Your home state, some may say. It depends. No one, it depends no one really knows. Day, it depends which day of the week it is. Yeah, no one really knows. It might be Ian's home state. Yep. I know that you're a Spartan and uh-huh. you don't like anything else, but mm-hmm. Ohio State, Notre Dame with a day game, on Saturday. You don't even you don't have any interest in even experiencing. Maybe you want both teams to lose. Ian. Okay, obvious shirts has Ian. a shirt that Ian. I hope both teams lose, but you don't even want to experience the the festivities. May I speak? Yes. You ready? You ready for why I don't want to experience it, Ian? Because I've been here before. I've came here for a game. I've been to the horseshoe or whatever it's fucking called. You know I've, gone. I've gone. I paid $200 to go watch the Spartans play them. And guess what the score was at halftime? 35-0 Ohio State. And there was an old lady above us, and she'd bop us on the head with a program every time Ohio State would score. <laughs> so, no, I won't go back in that fucking place. I fucking hate it. No. Well, I appreciate that you have a reason why you don't want to go. Yes, that is. That is I, I think it'll be a great game. But, no, I will not be going back in there. We're going to welcome in friend of the pod, Jan Gomes. Jan has been listening to the pod for months, actually, maybe since spring training. So I think he actually knows Zach and Dakota and Tom probably better than uh, better than most of our guests when they come on for the first time. 100%. Welcome. My life. Yeah, we're live. We're actually we started the oh. recording and now we're we're right <laughs> oh. into it. So you're just you're into the fire. I, I I'm starstruck right now. I I'll be honest. 
This is, yeah, this you're is a, a big great podcast honor. guy, huh? I'm a huge podcast guy. I love it. Uh, got to got to listen to you guys do it. Uh, seen some legends. Uh, I'm I'm very nervous about this, to be honest with you. Speaking of speaking of legends, John, you just uh, you just completed ten years of service, correct? That is right. I uh, I am the very old guy here. Yes. Oh, hats off! That is incredible. congratulations. <laughs> well, Jan, thank you, is man. Actually, I appreciate that. Jan's now the oldest guy in the team. Oh, yeah. I yeah, realized that when I was here. Is, is, <laughs> is Wade is I, Wade older? Or are you the oldest guy? Wade's older by a, a couple months, but right now on the active roster, I am the oldest guy on the team. So, uh, wow. so listen up, okay? <laughs> you know, uh, I got some wisdom to share. How 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 weird is it after we're back in Toronto? You started here. You got caught up when you were 23. 23, 24. Yeah. 24. And, and now coming back, being the, you know, 10 years vet on the team, like that happens quick. But, but how crazy is it to look back on your time here and just how far you've come? So um, I was actually sitting with their travel secretary yesterday. Um, his name's Mike Shaw, and we're hanging out. And he's like, hey, uh, how old are you now? I was like, well, I'm 35. I'm the oldest guy on the team now. And he's, he's looking back, and he's like, wow. I was like, I don't know if that makes, you know, hey, look, I'm, I'm old or you guys are old. Because he was here when I was here. Um, so, yeah, I did uh, – it happens really fast. Uh, I'm still waiting for my Toronto tribute video. It still hasn't happened, but uh, it you know they had a good one for Stroman last night. Stroman got the tribute video. Jan actually got a really cool one in DC, but he said after leaving Toronto, they never gave him one. It's kind of messed up. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a a soft one year here. So, but uh, they might give me a minor league one more than a big league one. Did you get one in Cleveland? <laughs> It's a very good question. No, that that one wow. really that one really upset me. Uh, I mean, I'm over it, but uh, I got traded from Oakland uh, from DC to Oakland, so it happened like very quickly. That's the only excuse I'm giving them. That's like crazy. Two week prep. Yeah, it was a six years in uh, in Cleveland. Pretty sure I got to play against Short in his right in his first. I think I do remember him playing there with uh, Detroit. Yeah, we um we played you guys at in Detroit last year. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's funny, I <laughs> when Ian told us you're coming on, I um and I was actually talking to Scott Efros too, and you know, he's a big fan of Jan Gomes. And I said, Hey, how do you think he'll respond? Or A, do you think he'll remember by chance that I walked up to the plate when he was catching? And B, I was like, you know, I said hi to Jan and he wasn't, you know all you know giddy and smiley i was like, hey on you know how you doing you say hey i'm like oh all right good luck Ooh. go get him oh that's a um well i apologize for that uh, oh. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm i must have had a you know i'm usually i usually don't take my abats to the plate but that must have been uh <laughs> on the second there must have been a bad feel on your part of oh, it no, just no, like no. shook out with bases loaded and you're, you're worried about your debut how selfish of you <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Now, uh, well, I do apologize. No. Next time, I'll make sure to give a get up and give you a hug. <laughs> a little Morel hug the catcher. Morel, the fr- friendliest guy in the league. <laughs>
friendliest guy in the big leagues. They were – I actually saw – speaking of that, I saw a clip on Twitter this morning that Dan Schulman was going through Morell's like – not antics, but like his routine, you know. It's like, oh, you know, I was briefed that Morell is the nicest guy in baseball. He'll say hi to everybody on his way up there. And, like, as he's doing it, he says hi to the catcher. The umpire takes his hat off to the to the pitcher, and he's like, oh, there it is. And it was just perfect timing. It's every time. It's every time. There's, it's consistent. Pep, have you guys talked to Assad much? He's also the nicest guy of all time. Assad, Assad is very, very nice. Um, he's does been, he he's you, been pretty quiet. Does he make you nervous on the mound every time he like twitches his elbow. <laughs> have you noticed that yet? Yeah, I After, did. Like every pitch, yeah. he literally like shakes out his elbow. You know wow, what else? That, I saw? that is so funny. I noticed you know what that else the other I saw? day too. <laughs> I saw him in his debut like third fourth and fifth inning putting hot stuff on his arm not underneath not mm-hmm. underneath just in the dugout didn't just care putting red hot on red hot right yeah. in the dugout he had his own Start. little his own little bit of red hot and he was just lathering it on like this guy's this guy's ready he cannot feel it i'm just glad i'm just glad he i'm just glad he put the gloves on he, he yeah was, he put he put the gloves on started rubbing it in and started cracking his elbow and that's kind of funny to could. I like I noticed that uh it was like in the start of the fourth and he's starting to do this. I'm like, oh my god, seriously, this guy's gonna pull the shoot right now with us. And like we literally had our knows, trainers, we, we had our trainers tell PJ, be like, Hey, just so you know, like he's not hurt when he does this. Like he does it all the time. Because I'm like, I watched him one time warming up and I was like, Are you okay? And he's like, Yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like you keep shaking out that elbow quite a bit. But it's just like a little like twitch he has. He does it all the time. Dakota, we just got two new players. Estrada and oh, yes. Little. Yes. Uh, as, I, I lived with Little. As a fellow pitcher, mm-hmm. Estrada said you guys are boys too. Would you like to give us a scouting report on uh, our two new additions? Well, I call Brendan Little Zach Britton because he's <laughs> quite literally Zach Britton. He throws 95 mile an hour sinkers and then Turbos? they wipe out curveball. Yeah, it's it's gross. Are they active? Uh, oh, yeah, little is Estrada will be today. Oh wow! That's... Per Twitter, Ooh, per Twitter. Breaking news. That's breaking per news. Twitter. Breaking news. <laughs> that's per Twitter. Uh, and then Estrada throws invisibles at 99. He has like he, he, he has throws like 22 inches of vert from what yeah. I remember. He throws 96 to 98 with 22 inches of vert, and no one ever hits it. Can you explain? to the listener what 22 inches of vert is because that's i don't think it, that's hitting it's more so something you guys can explain as a hitter like you see it differently like i just you, like I just you know literally think trouble. a fast you go ahead zach. zach you say it i just know i'm in trouble when i see on our scouting report that anything over 17 and a half inches of vert which means it's gonna play like it's obviously it's not going to rise but it's gonna play like it's the ball is rising and you have to really match the plane and like it's really difficult that's what all like for the listeners like Eric Cole, Verlander, all those guys who throw the heaters at the top of the zone. Obviously, Jan, you catch these guys pretty regularly mm-hmm. who have that, I'm assuming. You can tell a difference. Like when people say like, oh, my God, how are they missing 95 right down the middle? It's because it's appearing like it's four inches lower than it really is. Higher. So, yeah, a, Higher, a good yeah, way to explain it is like, uh, you know, when you take your first swings off an iron mic, like it's shooting fastballs and you're like – clicking it up, clicking it up. That's that's the only way I know how to explain it, that it's yep. it's not coming back down. It's just staying pretty straight. But the whole vert thing, I only heard about this, the numbers last night. 
to be really? brutally what? honest with you. I, Toronto, I man, Toronto has vertical I, break on though. Yeah. Yeah. So the Jordan Bromano uh, for them comes in and me and Drew Smiley are sitting next to each other look, looking at it and he throws this heater and it says, what was it like 17, eight or 18 something. And then I'm like, is that supposed to be good? And he's like, Oh yeah, that's, that's like elite, elite fastball. That means it's not coming back down and blah, blah, blah. And he said he gets a positive vertical break on his curveball. <laughs> I was, if, 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 if you know, like uh smiley throws like a reverse kind of curveball and sometimes it, it registers as a changeup. Sometimes he throws a curveball and sometimes he throws a curve change. Yeah, it's like it like spins around and it, it, it just messes with the hitter's eyes. And what the f- <laughs> yeah. And it's, we're supposed yeah. to hit people who throw slider spin but move the opposite way. What is it, it exactly? Like, like 18 and up is good. On yeah, I think breaks. like 17 is like or 16 and a half is league average or something like that. And I'm pretty sure Estrada has like 20 or it's, 22. It's 22. I was watching in the dugout Dang. the other day and it's it's 22. Oh, wow. so it's, I'd, like, uh, I'd like to see that. The, I uh, saw a tweet. He has struck out 40% of the batters he's faced this year. I think that's pretty good. Shoo. Um, that was that was the big issue with the sticky stuff, with the sticky icky, was that yes. guys were guys were getting uncumin amount of vertical break on their heaters and it would never come down everybody's seen like a video of wiffle ball or what's tom what's the thing that you do blitz ball blitz ball yeah we blitz do blitz ball. ball everybody's seen like a video of blitz ball from john boy media our parent company we love them if you haven't seen it tom edits them go watch that's a little plug for the company tom you're welcome uh where they throw the rising heater where it starts at the guy's shoes and ends up at his neck that uh is basically what it feels like when a guy has 22 25 inches of vertical as they say vertical break which is just a hilarious thing vertical break it doesn't break it doesn't break it goes up (laughs) it's literally basically basically, yeah the higher it is the more true it stays like no ball can actually go up but like the higher it is the more it's just staying directly on plane like last year we faced Toronto or we faced Robbie Ray when he was going off and he has, I'm pretty sure he has pretty high vert. And I, I struck out on a pitch that I thought was down. Like I would have like, if I wasn't, if I was in triple, I would have turned around the ump. Like, I don't know about that. Like there's no way that's a strike. And then the iPad, you can see it the next inning and it had like that much of the zone. And I'm like, there's no way. And you can just see the ball is just standing got, on a was that, line. Was that pre sticky? No, it was post. And yeah, it's a good good. Wait, in the show, you guys have to wait an inning to see where the pitch was. Not anymore. You can. Oh. Yes, you do. Because because we get it right um, away in our dugout. You have Trackman, Dakota. Yeah, and it's mayhem. Yeah, see, the coaches I, just the coaches why, look at it and could just scream at the ump, be like, "That's a fucking strike!" Like you're wrong. Well, I'm looking at it right here. We used to have that at the beginning of the year. You could see the next hitter. You know, you could go in and look at it and then they put the ipads on a half inning delay so you can't see the broadcast feed for a half inning because because that's what was happening people are holding ipads up and yelling at umpires and now you have to wait a half inning yeah, could you imagine just sense. standing there in the dugout like jim i told you jim <laughs> Jan, do you have any good uh ejection stories the good what ejection stories no i i um 
I have never been injected, but I have such been such a nice I guy. I, I just don't have it in me, man. Like I, I have to sit with them right on my ear all the time. I don't have it in me because I, when I explode, I am really, I say things I don't mean and I will, I will, you know, go too far. And then I, where I cannot take it back. So, uh, but I have been on the, in a way, receiving end of a lot of, uh, uh, the guy that's catching, and then I had to get him pushed to throw into the game. And, you know, yeah, uh, those are, those are uh, a lot of fun. They're, that's a, a very sore day the next day for me because the prepping doesn't go into it as much as uh, I usually do. I want to hear before I ask you this, we need to talk about CSG. An expert and impartial third party authentication and grading service for sports cards. This is their first time compound sponsor here. Are you into sports cards, John? Um, I do have a, a yeah, I, I am. I am. Well, not like a, not like a major collector, but I'm listening. Well, if if you need to get them authenticated and graded, CSG is your company because they have consistent consistently the best turnaround times and pricing among leading third party sports card grading services. Okay. And they're backed by the same ownership and senior management team behind NGC, PMG, and CGC, the largest coin, paper money, and comic book certification services. So if you're into any of that stuff, csgcards.com, get 15% or $15 off yearly memberships with code compound. That's csgcards.com, $15 off yearly memberships with promo code compound. Tom, nice work on that new sponsor. We're really making a push here. This question is presented by CSG Cards, Code Compound. When we were playing the Cardinals the other day, you were catching. There was a call by the umpire over the top, one of these. Uh, Nolan Arenado, you swung. Did he swing? (laughs) Probably not. Definitely by de- by, if we pull out the rule book by definition, which is the most weirdest definition, I think if you read it, it's like the attempt at a pitch. He did attempt at it. He attempted. But go ahead. He, but go uh, ahead. So <laughs> he he does. Some would say he didn't swing. Some would say he did. Umpire and he does not appeal it. He comes over the top. You swung. Nolan lost his mind, and Jan is back there. He looks up, oh, and like got out of there real quick. What was your reaction when he came flying back, holding suitcases uh, and right in the ump's face? Well, it if you look at the video, because this surprises me really, because I mean, the ball is like two, three balls out. He goes and attempts at it. Luke Farrell's on the mound. They don't know how he throws yet. They're still trying to figure him out. It's a big moment in the game. It's like second big. and third. Nolan Arnado's up. We... I think we just somehow got Goldsmith out the bat before. Like these guys, like it's the middle of their lineup. Um, and ball down and away. I'm on the you know the one knee stance because it's a big thing now. And I catch it, try to frame it, and then he attempts it. And next thing I know, it's yes, he did. <laughs> and I was like, and Arenado. The guys asked me in the dugout, "What do you say?" I was like, <laughs> "That's all I heard." <laughs> 
I did not hear. So, and when the video is happening, he turns around and you've seen Nolan Arenado blow up before. He goes absolute bonkers, man. He gets so I, I'm a little older, as we've already pointed it out. I'm the oldest guy. And I'm trying to get up from a knee to get out of his way because he is trying to absolutely crush this umpire. You can see it in the video. I'm like, try to quickly get out of the way. Like, go for it, bud. You, you do your thing. Tom, and you got to find is... that video because Jan's face, there's a moment where he looks up at Arenado and he goes, oh, and he gets out, he gets oh, out of there. Nope. You're, you you're it. It's so good. Is there anything yeah. worse, though, as a hitter when the home plate ump says you went and it's like actually close? It's funny because I, it's like obviously the first base guy has a better view, but he's like a hundred feet away. Oh, I've had umpires literally tell me in the field, they're like, Can you see that? I'm like, I mean, kinda. And they're like, see, I can't see shit. Like I'm basically yeah. guessing. I was like, okay, good. Well, and especially in AAA, there's only three umps. So like they're if there's a lefty hitting, the guy's standing next to second base and he's out there like, I don't fucking know. Why are you yeah. asking me? Like, how the hell am I supposed to know? But is that better or worse than the home plate ump? Like calling it because how can the home plate up tell that's what like i don't i don't want to get fined for like what austin hedges said or anything but like same th like it's just like sometimes you feel like they just want to make the call right then and there and you're like why would you not just ask i, I don't just ask yeah i just i i really respect the guys that some guys say that they're so locked in on calling balls and strikes that they basically appeal every single one unless it's like Unless the dude basically, yeah, twenty. So, yeah. like, they're so because I've I've talked to some guys who are like, I'm so locked in on balls and strikes. Like, I, I don't know. I I just appeal every single one, and so I think that probably makes the most sense and is the most. Um, I don't know. The, well, I mean, I, I think the, they're far away, but they still have the best angle. Right. Yeah. yeah. There are. Um, from talking to umpires, they're told to make the call. Like they want the home plate umpire to make really? the call. Wow. Whenever that happens, I know. Whenever that happens to me, I turn around in such disappointment that maybe <laughs> I did go, man. Like the other day, we we're facing. I probably did. I most likely did swing yeah. against Devin Williams, but I just turned around and like I've been busting my butt so much back here for you, and you just freaking quickly ring me up, man. I'm like. Give it to somebody else, so I'm not mad at you, you know. So, yeah. But I think they're, um, from what I hear, um, I hope it has changed because I always feel like just ask because I know when I'm catching. There's times when the guy goes to take a swing, and I'm like, oh, like I'm not, I don't have the best view of it, but you know, I, I always want them to, to check. Yeah. Just check. Yeah. Just check. Speaking of everybody oh, happy. Go ahead. Sorry. No, like speaking of, you know, talking to umpires and working with them all day, do you ever feel like you have to be like, like extremely careful talking to umpires or like, if you know, they're having a bad day when you're just like, is there a point in time where you're just like, all right, enough's enough. Like I have to say something to this guy. It's the fifth inning. We're getting squeezed all day, but you know, in the first and second, you're like, all right, I can't really say anything because I'm going to screw everybody else who comes into this game. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a good question. I, 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 I have like the most like normal relationships that I can with umpires. I don't hold back. I, but, and I hope that they don't hold back with me either. I try to have as much honesty conversation as I can with them. Some umpires even rely on me to tell them whether it was a strike or ball. I'm like, you know, that 
I think that's like, a, you know, pitch close, but I'll let you know. And when I do let them know, I'm like, hey, that that was like, it might be a strike in the in your buffer zone. You know, I, I'm sure you, we've heard this plenty of times, but there's a lot of times where you have to kind of like guide umpires in, not, no, I don't want to say guide them, but like let them know like, hey, this guy's ball is moving a lot more, like stick with it, man. Like, hey, you know, he runs it back a lot. His curveball comes from up top a lot. Like, like stay with it. Don't give up because, the, the thing with umpires now, man, like guys are throwing 99 mile an hour splinkers in a hundred mile. Like, I don't even know what a splinker is. I think I just saw it on Twitter. Some guy from Minnesota throws a hundred mile an hour sinker splitter. Like sinker splitter thing. Like those are hard pitches for umpires to make the calls. But that's why I say like, there, there's a lot of umpires that I give a lot of respect to that they're still in the game and they can kind of make the calls right. You know, there's a, a high percentage of some tough calls, but. I do try to give them like the the most honesty feedback of like, hey man, like there's there's some pitchers that are catching close, don't give up on them. And then sometimes I'm like, hey man, like do I need to get out of your way? Like, cause you're not seeing, and these balls are right down the middle. Like, give me, let me give you a better look, and I'll try to like change my stance and to just give them a better look. And I feel yeah, like that's a fine line. Like you can't be like like rude and you can't like say something as a strike if it's actually a ball because then they're like all right this guy's full of shit like i can't listen to him the rest of the game yeah exactly they're, they go they like umpires now they they look at their games way more than they used to be yeah and like sometimes i'll go right when the game starts i'm like hey let's be a little generous today like yeah. you know i got a i got a guy that has to paint the corners like we have a little feel of today's game please and Especially like, with where catching is too. Like you guys are such good receivers now where it's like, that's such a big part of the game. Mixing that in with, like you said, a hundred mile an hour splinkers, whatever, whatever the word was like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's funny. I'm saying that now because I'm not in the box, but like, that's fucking hard to do. And for the most part, those guys are really, really good. Umpiring's the best it's ever been. Yeah. Which it's is the crazy. Best it's ever been. It's the most accurate it's ever been in the history of the game, and it's just really, really hard. Jan, I have a question. Do you, when you're back there, do you feel like you're like when you're catching balls? Do you feel like you're ninety nine percent accurate with what you think the call is, or are there times when you get back in the dugout and look at the video and you go, "Oh shit, I thought that was a strike. It was just off," or "I thought that was a ball. It was right on the corner." Yeah, um, from what I came up with as a strike zone, I'm like 98% accurate. And now, because there's a lot of times, like, we'll go and look, and they have the, like, imaginary box, and I'll catch a ball, and I will, like, you know, like, you do the, the zoom in, and you're like, that looks like it's hitting that line. And then the, <laughs> yeah. the, the bottom thing just, is, like, on this side. But it's coming back like, this way, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say, um, no, I, I would definitely go a little bit lower than nine because I'm like, a lot of times I don't realize that. Um, so, like, there's times I'll, I'll, like, try to, like, really catch myself, like, looking at, like, where the where it's crossing the plate. Um, but, again, like you said, like, the, or the balls are, like, moving way more than they have been. There's a lot of, like, throwers now. So, like, I will be set up in, and they just throw the ball, and it's, like, middle away and I'm like 
<laughs> like they're supposed to make the call on that back in the day i say that's a terrible i'm sorry I, you can oh, find me for that. Oh, i know back oh, in the day. early on it, guys would not call anything on like like cross-ups like there there'd be umpires like oh you're not gonna get that call but now they're they're very adamant on like having to make that call i man i'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pay a fine to the compound here for using that that language right there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is it weird now? Like like you said, like there's a lot of guys that you're taught to literally just set up middle of the plate for. Is that like a transition almost? Like I feel like that's got to be weird for a catcher because guys' stuff is so good. They're like <laughs> just set up middle and let them throw it, and like wherever it goes, it's gonna be okay. I yeah. I mean, yeah. They tell me like, hey, uh, would would so and so just set up down the middle? like fastball and i'm like like what do you mean uh, right down the middle yeah like yeah and i'm trying to give it like like i think uh like newcomb i think one of our guys like he's like just he's got a pump heater big curveball he's got a a cutter slider and he's like (laughs) there'll be a i know there would be a time where i'm like literally like uh, like not like half an inch and they're like no that's too much just set i'm like okay i mean if it's he yanks it, I gotta because, be able to catch it. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because some guys, you know, if you set up down the middle, their shit is so nasty that either it plays like middle up, or if they miss middle to a corner, like that's more effective than trying to ask a guy to hit the corner and his stuff leaks back middle or off the plate. It's really interesting that like some of these guys, and there's times when I look at the video when I'm hitting. And the catchers just set up middle middle, and the guy is spraying the corners. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. how, how are you doing that? How how are you able to hit the corner while aiming for middle every time? Yeah, and, and then they're like high target. They like got, got a target over their head, and I'm like, you know, like hit a shot to take a peek. I'm like, what is it? like this guy's got his glove way high here, man. Like, what in the world's going on? And then it's like a slider down and in, and he does this yeah. every time. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, every anytime anybody wins a World Series, obviously it's a special year. But 2019, you know, you guys were, I don't want to say the underdog, but you weren't a favorite at all, right? Throughout the whole year, basically. How, I mean, when you either get to the World Series, you guys taste that, you know, you have a really good team. When does it kind of sink in when you're like, holy shit, we have a chance? Or is it kind of just when it's over, like, holy shit, we just did that? I think it's all the above. Um, so we started the year off like we were supposed to win our division. We our rotation was like a nearly a half a billion dollar rotation. You know, we had Scherzer, uh, Strasburg, Corbin, Anibal Sanchez, and uh, Joe Ross in the fifth spot. Like we had a very good team, um, and we were underperforming big time. So that's where like the the odds came out. Like we were. You know, the big story, 19 and 31, 50 games in. And we we try to, you know, have this conversation of like, hey, man, like either we're all fired, we're all gone and we're not going to have a team or like, you know, the go one and oh, like try to like just win one game and we'll worry about the next. And that was like some kind of magic uh, meeting that after that, like we were – and I, I've talked to Hap all the time about this. I'm like, man, like we were just having a blast. Like we were, you know, going out together as a team, having uh, dinner together as a team, like partying. Like it 
was it was a blast. And then um, we were just so far behind uh, Atlanta, we could not catch them up because they got hot as well. Uh, we couldn't catch them up in the in a NL East division. I think we ended up like a couple games back. We ended up having to host uh, uh, Milwaukee. And by that time, like, man, like, if you gave us any kind of hope, our team, it was like, it was that feeling, you know, like when you're hot, like, it does not matter. We could be down three or four in the ninth. Like, if there's something, we're going to give it, we're going to give it a shot to try to make a comeback. And, um, yeah, that, uh, that whole playoffs, like, we were uh, five elimination games, all down to like six or seven outs. The one like, against the we Brewers were, was nuts. Dude, I mean, we and I mean, it couldn't like story couldn't couldn't have been better. Like, you know, the history of like how that whole season went. We got, I think it's the eighth inning, and Josh Hader's up and Juan Soto's up. It's like these are the two perennial like best players in the game at that time, you know. And Hader's punching out like twenty guys in the inning. Like these guys, this guy's a game. Like this guy's just like if you put the ball play, it's a win, you know. And Juan Soto comes up and hits a basis loaded, uh, which would have been a single at first, but our, we uh, gave some extra money to our ground screw to put some stuff out there. And it kicked put, in. Some, put some snake out there. Yeah. And yeah, we ended up, uh, and then that was just like the whole vibe in the world in the playoffs. Like we, we go and play the, you know, the heavy favorites in uh, LA and we just, we were down like to elimination game, come home. We ended up winning and then, you know, go over there and take it from them in LA. Like that's, that was a didn't tough somebody, thing to do. Didn't but... somebody hit a grand slam that in the, in the eliminator in the, was it game five or was it? Yeah. Game five, uh, we're down. Uh, I don't know the specific, but I know we're down and well, I, so we're down three to one or three, nothing, no three to one. And it was just a big story because they brought in Kershaw instead of um i think it was like adam kolarek like a big sinker ball he was owning soto all all postseason and uh uh rendon leads off hits a homer off of kershaw so now it's three to two next pitch uh soto comes up bomb off kershaw so now it's like a tie ball game and then uh later i think later in the eighth or ninth or maybe we, i don't know if we i think we might have went into the extra um joe kelly's up and uh, Howie Kendrick hits a grand slam. Right, Howie Kendrick. And that's when we were like, oh, my goodness. Like, we did it again. And then it kept going. And then, yeah. Is Juan Soto the best hitter you've ever played with? No, it's you, Ian. Juan Soto is. Yes. What? No, it's oh, you, back, Ian. Hey, thanks. The, back, the, the backside Ian is uh, like the most, <laughs> the prettiest swing I've ever seen. Like, he, he'll okay. take a backdoor curveball and just like, like pirouette out of the battle's box and. <laughs> The one, the, the one hand finish. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, but to your question, Juan Soto is definitely the most mature hitter like I have ever been around. Like how he can work the zone, how much fun he's having. Dude, I don't dude, I don't know if I knew a strike zone when I was 22 years old. I'm sure <laughs> none of us know a strike zone or know how he can work that game. This dude, this dude is doing it at such a high level at 23 years old, man. I wasn't I wasn't this good in Little League when I was supposed to be the best player in the game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, none of us were doing the stuff that he's doing. And he's doing it, you know, you can see video. He's doing it against freaking uh, 
uh, Verlander in the World Series. Like he's over there, like try to taunt Verlander. I'm like, come on, man. It, and and he's all game, man. He's all game. He's fun to watch. His his ability to control the strike zone. I mean, you've played with some really good hitters. So you got Jose Ramirez, Lindor, Trey Michael Turner. Brantley, Trey Brantley. That's so yeah. Better. Yeah, no, they, they're uh, those guys. Uh, like there's so many guys that are you know, just lengthen your lineup and make things like that. And yeah, I've been. Um, it really makes me underachieve. I like, I'm like, oh yeah, I played against those guys. They're so good, and I'm just like, <laughs> you know, just get on base. Like, try to get on base. Like every once in a while for these guys, they'll drive you in. I have, I have a question about pitchers, but before we get to it. I need to talk about Muggsy jeans. Muggsy's are the most comfortable jeans out there. You ever had Muggsy's, Jan? You ever? Did you get a pair of Muggsy's when they came in the clubhouse? I, I did, man. I, I can't believe I passed on this. You know what? Oh. I should have. I should have made sure that you got some. Maybe next time. Maybe next time because there's more room for everything in there. But they're 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 stretchy, so they're they fit oh, tight, but they stretch out where you need it. Uh, and they're my favorite jeans. It's all that I wear. I actually bought Shorty a pair of Muggsy jeans, his first big league camp. Him and Nico. It was a, I think I was friends with you. Yeah. And then, very, very and then they then they said, nice job, Ian. Go to the bushes. I said, thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, uh, you want to be friends with them? We'll send you there. Yeah, season. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can spend plenty of time with them. Muggsy.com, 10% off your entire order using code JOMBOY. That's Muggsy.com, 10% off code JOMBOY. Uh, I highly... Highly recommend Muggsy jeans. They're the best out there. Zach, you wear them, don't you? I do. I still have that pair that Ian got me. Nice. Ian, you've caught a lot of really good pitchers. Do you have Scherzer's most wins? No, uh, Alex Avila. He, ca- he caught him through that whole time in the, um, uh, Detroit, and they've oh, yeah, caught Detroit them. Oh, yeah, Detroit. You have... Kluber for a long time that whole Indians rotation that was disgusting yeah a couple years with the with the Nats disgusting rotation what quality of a pitcher do you think is is like the most when you go to catch a guy you're like this dude has it this it's really fun to catch that guy is it commanding the ball to spots is it just like pure bull dog like psychopath like what's what's the most fun thing for you behind the dish um well i mean there's multiple i mean i I probably should just keep so the bulldog mentality to me is like because you know he's trying everything he can to and i mean dakota's a pitcher like if you have your best stuff every time you go out that'd be great like, oh, yeah. cool. Like, I'm, I'm throwing my ball exactly where I want. Like, this is it. It's happening. I'm getting everybody out. But that doesn't happen very often. And that's where those, those elite guys that I've caught, they wouldn't have that, but they would still give you six innings. And to me, that, that is, like, the, one of the most underappreciated things from aces that they do. Like, um, they'll go out there and, you know, you can tell, like, the first inning, like, hey, everybody's ambushed. Hey, let's just get through this one. And then they end up, you know, that ace mentality comes out and they end up striking out still like eight to ten guys. Wasn't but, it Lester that said that? Like five starts, you're going to have your best stuff. Five, you're going to have nothing. And then your other 20, you got to figure it out. 
that was yeah that was his that was his skit was like you're gonna have five where you just absolutely dominate and nobody can touch you you're gonna have five mm-hmm. where you get shelled and you don't make it through you know four innings and it sucks and then the way you make your season is the 2022 starts in the middle um and you really got like that's that bulldog mentality and like making it six, seven innings with two or three runs, like those make your season. Uh, and I always mm-hmm. thought that was such an interesting way to think about the year. No, I've, yeah. Um, from the pitchers though, like Scherzer, you, you know what you're getting out of Scherzer. He's just like, he just looks at you with those crazy eyes. You don't know which eye to look at, you know? <laughs> so he, he's, he just already intimidates you that that whole staff in, in Cleveland, um, it was like um, it was a young staff that um, that I could kind of like I we could call a game with those guys. Um, you had um, at that time like you know I was just you know with Kluber. You know he's short. Did you end up facing Kluber at any oh, point? No, no, no. no. Um, it's kind of funny because one of our guys here, um, Jim Adushi, uh, talks about it all the time. Like, Deuce. dude. You, you you would get it you would get into account and then he was like he, you don't know if he's gonna run the ninety five back two seamer four seamer up he's gonna go curveball down or he's gonna you know stick a backdoor cutter and that's how it was like it was so much fun catching catching him because you can literally just crisscross one side of the plate and guys would be like what in the heck and then you're you're in the fourth with with seven eight punches and you're like you're kind of cruising to the game he was a lot of fun um uh one of the more fun guys too was Pat Corbin. Uh, he, especially in that 19th season, he had a tremendous season. I knew it was going to be a lot of work because he would bounce about 80% of the sliders. <laughs> yeah. So whatever happened, I knew, I knew I was, I was punching in the work clock today. I was like, I was coming in. I, I am working today. I, if, if I don't get a hit, I, I work today. Cause I knew I was going to be blocking a lot of balls and guys would be, you know, it was always like left side. So, Left hip would always be sore after the game because I'm taking ball like everywhere. So. Some oh. dents in your chest protector. Oh yeah. The uh, watching that that uh, the World Series in in sixteen when Kluber I can't remember what game in the World Series maybe did he throw game one? So Kluber threw game one, four, and seven. So the one I'm talking about bulldog mentality. <laughs> yeah, when he threw game one, I think he I think you guys punched. Uh, Coglin's ticket like three times in a row but it was on literally like nine hip shots it was just like he was throwing sinkers that started behind lefties to, uh, to the inside corner and it was like nine in a row of like oh, oh strike three he's like what is this pitch he's throwing he's demented <laughs> that thing is yeah, insane yeah guys guys would come in and so we got to face the tigers all the time and i was like um, in that lineup, you know, you had Kinzer, um, Cabrera, probably shouldn't have started the names. I'm going to forget half of their names mm-hmm. and Avila. And like, and they would all turn around and like, like, this, like, what is this man? Like this guy's cheating. I know like Cabrera, <laughs> you know, he's one of the best hitters in our generation. He would, you know, he, he tagged him a couple of times, but even that was like, like, he's moving the ball. I don't know. Now the whole, what is that horizontal break, right? Yeah, what, I don't yeah. know what a what good one is. One? Or, is it, I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> yes, yes, that's yes. Like when you're throwing sinkers, that's like the horizontal. What's a good number on horizontal break, Shorty? Um, 
I want to say, I want to say any, like Keichel the other day was throwing, I mean, his, you know, he's not obviously what he was, but he was throwing like negative 15 inches, I think. So it's like, I don't know, X and Y axis. And it's just going like 15 inches that way or something like that. I don't know. You, you don't, you don't care as much. You handle horizontal break. You care about the vertical break. Yeah. You know, that's when I see, <laughs> when I see, when I say the, the, uh, the horizontal, I'm like, Ooh, I got a chance today. I can go right in my loop. This is me. This is me. <laughs> <laughs> all right get some more on there why don't you but like when you see that vertical i'm like <laughs> wait so Jan, you mentioned miggy you know being around him where it's like you know he doesn't really i mean i i, I love paying attention it's kind of tough now like he's a little banged up but he still has unbelievable at bats where it's like could you imagine what this guy was doing in like 2010 through 2015 or whatever it was and somebody like him like those great hitters do you even look at a scattering report or you just kind of, you try to get in their head and fluster them as much as possible where you're like, all right, we haven't thrown this pitch in four pitches. Let's see if he's on it. I mean, cause you pretty much every area in that strike zone is going to be red. Right. I mean, no, absolutely. Mig Miggy was one of the toughest guys cause he was a big time inside out guy. So like, okay, you can just sit and live away up and away. Cause he just puts you in, you know, you know, backside freaking homers. And then, yeah, also, the it's a little bit different now, but, like, throwing inside to big-time hitters, like, not many guys could do it. Like, uh, you know, you got Miguel Cabrera, triple crown winner, MVP guy, like, oh, let me just throw him heaters inside. And guys were, like, like wouldn't be fully committed to it, so they would miss, like, middle in. Next thing you know, he's hitting the camera well in, in dead center, which <laughs> that – talk about a, a – front row seat to some of those homers that was uh those are always uh interesting to watch with miggy you could there's no there's necessarily no setting him up because he was so into his swing like he never came out of it he never really like tried to pull um he was a tough guy like during that stretch it was it was tough you just had to try to like scare him out of the zone and it, it was he was a tough guy to definitely uh try to try to get out that's what you had to try so to get him to hit 415 feet to center Detroit and yeah, he's, right. he's out. Oh, at that no, he, he was, keep him in center. Yeah, except that you know, you try to do that, and then you have him and JD Martinez going back to back on each camera well. They'll hit the one of the you know, right center and the one in the left center. So it's like, okay, cool. Like we we're keeping everyone in the game here. Miggy it's crazy even watching him in BP where it's like, he's so, like you said, in tune with his swing, like he'll foul three off into the right field seats and he'll walk out like, Oh yeah, shorty. I'm there. And I'm like, I'm out. What? <laughs> like if I did that. I'm like, Hey, yeah, don't me like another run. I, I give me like four more where he just knows what he wants to do. And he's been doing it for so long. And like, he'll still, like you said, have those inside out swings and just laugh all the way to first base. Where it's like, yeah. holy shit, he's 39, you know, his knees all banged up. And it's like, could you just imagine what he was doing? Yeah, I actually have a, a pretty cool story. Uh, we're facing in uh, later on in the season, early on when um, we had Danny Salazar. You remember Danny? I yep. mean, Danny was your prototypical, just set up middle. This guy's throwing 99-101 with the football changeup split thing that he throws. It was knuckling. First two ABs, first and second, he punches uh, Maggie's tickets. I mean, it is like, boom, boom, boom. And then he's like, you know, you know, you're feeling good, man. Like, you just punched his ticket. 
on just your power stuff. Second and B comes up again. Boom. Change up. Boom. Push your ticket again. So he's like, I mean, he's pumping his chest. Maybe he's even like, oh, man, this kid. Third AB comes up. It's like seventh or eighth. We're, we're really hot, right? We're, we're trying to go split. It's like uh, first and second. We're down or we're up one. Go heater. Boom. Punch. Like strike two. Next heater, 99. Poof, hits the progressive car in right center field. And then you could tell, like, Miggy was, like, looking at him, like, you know, like, that whole, like, this is my house kind of thing. Like, he's looking at him as, like, this is the ones that matter, bud. And it, it was just, like, such a deflating moment where you're, like, how? Like, we just, like, he, he was nowhere near, like, hitting him. And Miggy comes up third at bat, puts him, like, a two, three-run homer dead center off of uh, Danny. And you just see, like, that deflated because this game will do this to you. This game, like, you can hit a ball, like, do all these things, and then, like, you go out there and give up a homer, especially for pitchers, man. Like, he was having a great game, and then a 3 on homer, and it was like he tucked his tail between his legs and just walks back in the dugout. Now he's, like, he's got no story to tell because he gave up a 3 run homer to him. When you watch dudes like Miggy Soto is a good example, like, the most impressive thing to me when you watch those guys every day that, are so consistent like they can get their ticket punched twice to start the game and it's just like all right like they're just they just keep registering information and they're like i'm gonna i'm gonna get you at some point i'm gonna get you and like that's i always feel like that watching watching miggy or watching uh soto or I, vladdy a little bit it's like that it's like at some point yeah. you know they're good enough hitters they're gonna pop you and just, just keeping that they just it feels like they're always confident going in there. Yeah, when that when that back counts, those guys will jump in and you know get the knock when it needs to. And I mean, that's what makes them superstars. That's what makes them three hundred hitters. You know, they they can they can do that kind of stuff and make you pay. Can we do Sloan screen time, or do you guys have another question for you? I know you have a shorty. Shorty has to go to the ball yard at some point. I think I'm good. I'm good for a little bit more. For you. I mean, if you got any more questions, I think we've hit a bunch of topics. We're getting close to our hour mark where Tom's going to say uh, he's not editing anymore. Tom's pissed. Tom's pissed. The Yankees stink. He's, oh, do you want to talk about the Yankees real quick? Let's talk about the Yankees before we get into slow screen time. What do you guys think about the Yankees? So they, I mean, they're screwed, Tom. They're screwed. I'm so sorry. You guys are done. The season's over. Wait, wait, Might not even make the playoffs. No. Speaking of great hitters, we haven't even mentioned Judge, and he just hit his 50. 50th last night. Well, seven games up. I don't know. The Rays are tracking him down. And they got Scotty coming back soon? <laughs> Hope so. Oh, my God. Uh, Judge Judge hit 50. Um, that's really impressive. He has to hit 10 in the last month to get to 60. He's only the third Yankee all time to hit 50 more than once. Is that good? Really? That's pretty cool. That's a crazy stat. That's pretty cool. Um, Tom, would you like to say anything about your Yanks as you wear a as you wear a Rays wow, shirt as the what? Rays are tracking down the Yanks in the division? Oh my God, you're a traitor. What do you have to say? I'm good. See you next. <laughs> Whoa, Tom, <laughs> are you waiting for another losing streak or what do we got? <laughs> what they win five games in a row and you tuck your tail between your legs? No, I mean, they lost lost two in a row to the A's. 
Hey, the A's are a good baseball. ball team. It's they baseball. Hard. Okay. Hey, That's you're, the talking other thing. To, you're talking to Oakland A legend Jan Gomes right now. <laughs> <laughs> a two-month rental that didn't work out. I guess, wait, yeah. yeah, wait, time out. What do you got on the Coliseum? It's got some grit. I will say that, but whoa. What do you mean, whoa? We're, we're, yeah, we're, I'm, I'm, I don't want to answer this. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm with give, you. Give me a, whoa is not a question. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Whoa. I mean – you walk down the stairs to the field and you have to walk through a puddle of like in the away locker room. You have to walk of down sewage. the stairs. Yeah. And I'm like, what, like what guys, what's going on? Like, Oh, just a Coliseum, man. You just walk through it. I'm like, what do you, what, what do you mean? Can you imagine making your debut as a visiting player in, at the Coliseum? <laughs> like, welcome to the show, bud. Welcome, man. You made it. Congrats. <laughs> hey, I mean, I'll be honest, man. Like, um, Getting traded there is a massive surprise. But then, like, I gained a lot of respect for for the guys there. Like, the way they grinded. That team, like, we were on, like, they were really good. You know, 75% of that team is not there anymore, I think. You know, so they're all, like, on contender teams. But those guys, man, like, they they made that clubhouse fun. Just think of the same way that you guys – or, I mean, I played on the visiting set as well. Like, the same way we walked down, it's the same way the, the, the home side. So there, <laughs> there's not really an advantage from both sides. Uh, but I know uh, uh, last year they took over the Raiders um, clubhouse. So, if I mean, you're talking about 50-something players, you know, like in the football. Try putting 26 guys in there. It was the biggest clubhouse I have ever been in. Like you wouldn't see guys for a couple of days. <laughs> like is he <laughs> like here today? Yeah, like there was one guy that got called up. I didn't realize he got called up until like three days later because he's like <laughs> in, tucked in and like like in a different locker. Like like the punters and the linebackers and the wide receivers. They're like in total different corners and yeah, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't see guys until like oh hey man, I didn't know you were up here when he comes up to the mound. It, it is true, like what you said, you know, like you give those guys a lot of credit. Where, Like I was pretty close with Robbie Grossman. He was really good to me, and he mm -hmm. came from there. And he said – I think they made the playoffs once or twice with them. And he was just like – they had that, like, just attitude where it was like, look, this is what we got, and we're going to win. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're going to have a really close locker room. Yeah, we might not yeah. have the globe life field to go back to, but it's like this is ours, and we're still going to win. We're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you, man, like other than like, you know, playing in a playoff game in the World Series, the the Bay's uh, the Bay Series where San Francisco and Oakland play each other. Man, that is like one of the coolest events. Like that guys like if you're like a fan of the game and stuff like you need to go see, go watch them play at the Coliseum. It was 52 some thousand people at the game. It was intense. Awesome. It was World Series kind of game. Like you get a hit and they're like freaking out and stuff. It was insane. We we played there out of the break this year. We had a doubleheader just one day. And anytime Steven Vogt came up, the people in the outfield were beating their drums, still screaming like, we believe in Steven Vogt. We believe in Steven Vogt. And it was just like, Robbie was like, bro, these they do it all game. This crew yeah. out in like right center, they're there every single game, no matter what, good or bad. And they are just an incredible fan. Like you said, 52,000 people for a Bay Area game. It's just insane. 
Yeah, then four thousand when the next team comes in. <laughs> like on a Monday. <laughs> let's yeah. let's get to our Sloan screen time. I you know, we're here in Toronto, eh? And there's no Sloan flushers in the players locker room. Okay. But if you go to the coach's locker room, you can find a Sloan flusher. So guess where I'm spending all my time? Coach's locker in the coach's bathroom. locker room going to the bathroom. Okay. I'm not using another product. Absolutely yeah. not. I don't believe in it. If you need flushers, if you need automatic flushers, if you need automatic faucets, Sloan valve. They're your guys. Four hours and six minutes for me yesterday. That is not great. Five twenty-one. Yeah, I had an off day. I was five thirty-five yesterday. Let's go! I beat Zach, and that was a I'm not low man. I'm three fifty-nine. Wow! Oh, you're wearing, you're wearing you doing yesterday? Want, you know we can't take anything you say seriously anymore. I'm sorry. You want me to show you three fifty-nine? No, I believe you. Yeah, I believe you. No, well, not today. It's yesterday's. Yeah, that's today. <laughs> Monday, right there. Jan, do you have your screen time? Um. I don't know. How do I check? Sorry. Go to settings. Wait, I have to. I'm on my phone. I have to like get off the this thing. The Zoom. Is there still a way to check that? Just just swipe it up. It'll pause it. It'll pause it. All right. Let's see it. I'm gonna be. This is gonna be pretty embarrassing. Because I read on my phone. Ah. Uh, yes. No, three hours. Time. Three hours on the dot. Is that today uh, yeah. or yesterday? No, that's dude. I haven't been awake that long. God, I was three hours. That was today. That would have been unbelievable. It would have been. It would have been all phone time. Uh, three hours. Yeah, like, that's pretty good. Uh, Ian, go. guess what I'm doing next week, next Monday? Golfing. Playing TPC Sawgrass. Ooh. Oh. You're kind sick. of a big deal, huh? It's gonna be sick. We got a little discount. It's gonna be nice. Jan, do you I, golf? I do. I. Uh, I, I do golf. I usually save it for, for off season, but uh, I'll go like a couple of times. I, um, yeah, we got actually a big trip planned to, to Kiwa Island right when the season ends. Going to play the ocean course. It's going to be a fun time. Jan has some, Jan has some tour friends. Really? Oh, Ooh. bigger ones than yeah. you, Ian. Yeah. Jan's a big deal. Oof. Yeah, Jan is a big deal. Ten years. Does that hurt you a little bit, Ian? Does that hurt a little bit? Who's your tour friend? My 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 tour friend just got hot this year. Streels. Kevin Streelman. Streelman. Streelman's a tour friend. Uh, Nick Watney's a tour friend. Joel Damon, friend of the pod. Joel Damon, friend of the pod, tour friend. I have a couple tour friends. I have a couple guys floating around out there. Nick Hardy, tour friend. Not a big deal. I'm not going to keep name dropping all my tour friends. Yeah, we're we're friends. Uh, Scott Stallings is uh, my buddy. Uh, Scott Brown, Kevin Kisner. Oh, um, Kevin Kisner's your friend. We've we've got, got we have like the same we have the same trainer. Um, oh, that's he's a, we all we all like kind of work out with the same guy. So my physique is the the golfer physique. Um, you're built to rotate you know? you're built yeah. to rotate you guys can move yeah, so we get to go to a lot of a lot of tournaments actually went to a Detroit tournament when they had it um, I was trying to follow um, the big league rules Ian we uh, we we have this issue every now and then um, of wearing my jeans and polo on the road 
So I went to a uh, golf tournament wearing jeans and a polo. And that's a bad, that's a, that's a bad deal. I was sweating profusely. So it became this big joke with me and Stalins that um, at every hole, he would go into like their cooler and throw waters at me. So I can, <laughs> <laughs> so anytime those guys come to a game, it's like a big joke. It's like a side joke of like, I, I send them waters up to wherever they're sitting. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Jan, thank you for joining us and being uh, such a loyal compound listener. Oh. And you can and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. I did listen to one of them where you guys wanted Madrigal and myself to come on. I told Ian, I will fight you if Madrigal comes on before I do. <laughs> he told us I'm you would off. not enjoy that. Ah, uh, you know, Madrigal is a little instigator, and he would rub that in my face for a long time. Chihuahua. Yeah. Little guy. Little guy. Stay in your lane, little guy. <laughs> Zach, Thanks, I, think you're big, I think you're bigger than Madrigal, Zach. I think I am, too. Just a little bit. Yeah, Madrigal's what taking is- a lot of good swings. He's just uh, he's not staying in his lane right now. He's trying to hit some homers. <laughs> and it's just, just coming up short. He well, I saw a, I saw a stat. He has four three hit games this month, and he had seven his whole career before this month. That's crazy. He's been raking. He made a kick yesterday at second base with Morel throwing wow. that play ball. That was nasty. Madrigal is a heck of a player. He's a he's he got is. a he is he can put the bat on the ball. If I don't wrap this episode up, we're gonna keep going, yep, yep. and then Tom's gonna All yell right. at me. Episode 125 of the Compound Podcast presented by Parsi Rum. I love Parsi, you love Parsi. When I say Parsi, you say Rum. Parsi. Rum. Rub. See you next week. Rub.